Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Miriam Simmel-Wolfish, and today we're studying Tractate Sukkah, Daf Mem Bet, page 42. Jewish ritual life is full of obligations, framed as positive and negative commandments. These include such obligations as praying three times a day, keeping Shabbat and holidays, keeping laws of kashrut, and many more. What it means to be obligated in these mitzvot, or commandments, is that when you fulfill a commandment, you are discharging this obligation. For positive commandments, it can be likened to paying a bill or paying off a debt. If you fail to perform a commanded ritual, you have sinned. In the case of missing a positive commandment, there are no legal ramifications for this sin. But in the case of violating negative commandments, such as eating non-kosher meat, or eating chametz on Pesach. The consequences range from a required sacrifice to the death penalty. Many of us remember our childhood farm bonnets with bashes, over-the-top decorations and themes, Jewish coming out ball meant to celebrate a Jewish child coming into the age of mitzvah. Till they reach the age of bar or bat mitzvah, Jewish children are not counted in the minion, they may not read Torah or have an aliyah, and they do not don ritual garments such as Talmud Tumim. But this across-the-board exclusion from religious obligation and participation was not always in place. Our DAF presents an alternate view regarding how old a child needs to be in order to be obligated in ritual. In our Mishnah that starts off the discussion, Rabbi Yehuda states, Katan a minor who knows how to wave a lulav is chayav, obligated, in the mitzvah to shake the lulav. The use of the word chayav is surprising here if you start with the assumption that minors are intrinsically exempt or patur from religious obligation until barabat mitzvah. The Gemara opens with the text from the same time as the Mishnah, Vraita, that brings a variety of other obligations that minors are required to fulfill under the appropriate circumstances. Tana Rabbanan, Tatan Hayadea Lenanea Chayav Lulav, Itatev Chayav Tzitzit, Ishmor Tfilin, Aviv Lokeacho Tfilin, Yadea Lenaber, Aviv Lomdot Torah, Kriyachman. A minor who knows that a wave of Lulav is obligated in Lulav. To wrap herself is obligated in tzitzit. To safeguard tefillin, the parent should buy tefillin for her. One who knows how to speak, her parent should teach her Torah and how to recite the Shema. So here we have a number of personal ritual obligations, most of which we usually assume only kick in at the age of Barabat Mitzvah, which are being touted as obligations for any minor able to perform them properly. Gemara doesn't seem bothered by the concept that minors are obligated in mitzvah, but instead interjects here with the question, Torah Mayi, 
Torah is vast. With what Torah is apparent to begin? Rav Yimnuna answers, Torah Tzima Lani Moshe, Marashaki Lat Yaakov. Deuteronomy 33 states, Moses commanded us to keep the Torah, an inheritance for the company of Jacob. And how do we define Kriyachma for these purposes? By the first verse, a Asukrisha. It's perhaps unrealistic for a child who has just begun to speak to say all three paragraphs of the Shema, but the first verse is more manageable. The result of a combination of these verses is that from a very young age, children are inducted into a world of mitzvah and are taught to connect their performance of these mitzvah to the oneness of God. After this aside, the writer continues to list actions that have a concrete effect on the religious observance of others. A child who knows how to safeguard his body from impurity when is permitted to eat pure food that he's come in contact with. If he knows how to safeguard his hands from impurity, one may eat food that he has touched. And finally, adults may even eat meat that a minor has slaughtered. In these examples, we are no longer talking about obligations to be discharged, but we are upping the ante, stating that minors are full participants in the religious community, such that they are trusted not to mess up the observance of others. Ravuna is the only voice in our sagat to express reservations about this principle. Amar Ravuna, omed al gabal. Let's not go too far here. Ritual slaughter is a serious matter. Minors may only be trusted if they are supervised by an adult. And so we see this Brita, this other text from the same time as the Mishnah, listing a variety of religious obligations ranging from personal ritual obligations the child must begin to perform when ready, to more extreme cases in which a minor is trusted in matters that directly affect the observance of others. In all of these cases, once a child is deemed developmentally ready, religious obligation kicks in. The Talmud contains a variety of views regarding the minor's relationship to obligation. One seemingly unambiguous statement appears in the first Mishnah in the 8th chapter of Masechet Sanhedrin. This chapter deals with the laws of the rebellious child of Deuteronomy 21, 18-21 states that a minor is exempt from punishment for parental rebellion because he has not yet entered a general state of commandedness. While rebellion is not sanctioned, punishment is not mandated. This Mishnah ostensibly draws its conclusion from a universal legal principle, but our Mishnah calls the statement into question. If a minor has not reached a general state of commandedness, how can it be that there's a requirement for a minor to shake Luav as soon as she is able? One could argue that Mishnah Sanhedrin is different because it is in the realm of criminal law, so we require more universal standards to allow us to impose harsh punishments. However, Mishnah Yoma 8.4 articulates a similar view in the ritual realm. There we are told that it's a good idea to have children start fasting a year or two before they're obligated to do so. This anonymous view seems to agree with the principles stated in Mishnah Sanhedrin. Minors are not obligated to fast on Yom Kippur. 
they have not reached the age of majority. We encourage minors to fast earlier, but do not require that they do so. Therefore, see two opposing strands in Tanaitic literature, one obligating minors to perform commandments they are able to perform, the other exempting minors from religious obligation till they reach the age of majority. Tosefta Yoma tells a story about Shammai the Elder, who did not want to feed his son one Yom Kippur. The other sages passed a decree, forcing him to feed his son with his own hand. Shammai's view on the Tosefta is consonant with Rabbi Yehuda's position in our Mishnah and the examples in the Brita that follow. Shammai determined that his son was capable of fasting. We have no idea how old he was, and wishes for him to begin observing this mitzvah. Rabbi Yehuda and our Mishnah, the Brita that follows it, and Shammai the Elder all articulate a position that, at least in a limited but varied set of cases, age and physical maturity are not the determining factor of a child's commencing of their religious life. Rather, there's a more subjective determination needed. Is your child ready to embark on a deepening of his or her religious life and his or her connection to the community? The answer you as a parent arrive at is yes. It is your and your child's obligation to dive in. These points will not be the same for each family or each child, but are an invitation to actualize the verse quoted by Rav Hunun. Moses commanded us to observe the Torah, an inheritance for the children of Jacob. Thank you. Have a great day. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.